Hello, and welcome to Pink Sky Inspired Conversations with Enid O'Toole and Lucy Ashby. In 2019, having just run a personal best in the Cambridge Half Marathon, Susanna Close was pretty shocked to discover she in fact had advanced stage 3 bowel cancer. She was only 36, fit and healthy, and forced to reevaluate her life in an instant. In an attempt to organise her own feelings and stop other people facing the same dilemma, she began writing about her experiences, first for True Stories Live, and then in her very own blog, Let's Talk About Poo. During treatment, Suze found that her continued commitment to fitness and exercise had a positive impact on the severity of her chemo side effects, and has since added, encouraging other cancer patients to exercise through treatment to her list of aims for the blog and Instagram account, alongside getting people talking openly about poo. Welcome, Suze. It's so lovely to have you with us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, obviously, we've talked a little bit amongst ourselves haven't we about things that you like about the podcast and things we like about you so I just thought it would be nice if if you could maybe share with people listening and with us what what makes you feel inspired what makes you feel like your best self okay so I think there are two elements to my answer for this question so the Mm. first element is my intellectual self and the second is my physical self. And I think both of those feed into my emotional self. Mm, um, mm. So my intellectual self um, is about thinking and thought. So I feel like my best self when I'm thinking about things. Um, and also I think I feel quite inspired when I, I, I engage with other people's thinking. So, you know, I like challenging and reflecting on my own thoughts and ideas. And I think, you know, we've had conversations over Instagram where I've had to do that as well. Um, and I think that's really good. I think it's really mm. good to, to challenge yourself. Um, and I like processing new ideas and perspectives and discussing them. I really like learning. Um, so I'm always, I'll always have like four books on the go and some of them will be fiction and some of them will be non-fiction and um i i kind of that keeps me feel pretty inspired and um like i'm being positive i guess as a mm. as a human and then my second element the physical self is i mean we've talked about the exercise but this is completing this physical challenge um so a race or um a, a long bike ride or cracking down a mountain bike trail you know those mm. things are really important to me and I know they don't necessarily sort of level up you know because you think about sporty people and you think about sort of um intellectual people not that I'm saying that I'm an intellectual person but you know people engaged with ideas mm-hmm. and 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 learning um that yeah. they kind of don't always coexist but I think they actually do um mm. and for me this the, the physical challenges bring this real awareness of what I can achieve physically but also then emotionally because like a physical challenge is really a, a, an emotional challenge it's a mind over matter yes. it's it's training it's 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 dedication it's not just about you know I can I can run this distance or I can ride mm. this fast it's about the the mind elements that go into that um and it really they you know they clear my head they get those endorphins running keeps mm. me sane um and 
you know, I think it's always about challenging your capabilities and, and making that, that space in your head. And I think mm. just one little example I wanted to share is like mountain biking. I'm not very good at it. Uh, you know, put put it out there. And the reason I'm not very good at well, there's probably lots of reasons I'm not very good about it. <laughs> I, I started mountain biking in my mid 30s. You know, I think that's the sort of thing you start when you're a kid. Um, but the reason I'm not very good about it mostly is because I'm a bit of a control freak. So this is that element of emotions and and physical. And mountain biking is almost like something you have to meet in the middle with if you're a control freak because you have to have control so that you don't yeah. fall off and die um, <laughs> but you also have to let go you have to trust in your bike you have to trust in the engineering of the, the people who engineered your bike you have to trust in gravity and momentum because if you don't nothing you're, you're going to fall off too so it's that really yeah. nice place for me although I'm not very good and I'm not very quick but when I do successfully you know complete a, a run or something um, or or or, a, or a, 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 an obstacle. That's the word I was looking mm. for. You've had to have let you've had to have let go of a lot of those elements that is very hard to let go of. Um, so mm. for me, mm. I think that's a that makes me feel like my best self when I've done something like that. <laughs> wow! If if you if you follow Sue's on Instagram or you do after this, you'll see just unbelievable evidence of all her daily physical excerpts which make us feel like slugs basically yes. yeah <laughs> but in a good way yeah yeah that's not um, my intention yeah. no 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 well another way of saying it is it's very inspiring so yes yeah it is. um I, I really that's my intention thank you Absolutely. it is so inspiring and and it also looks um to me like really playful and fun as well but it was really interesting to hear you talk then about you know, the physical aspects of activity and the emotional and intellectual aspects of physical challenges. And and I was just thinking, yeah, I bet if when you, I mean, you've had a tough couple of years and I was thinking this also is something which gives you a, a different focus and in some ways a massive, hopefully a distraction from some mm. of the more difficult things that are going on in your life. Yeah. It just sounds like a really sort of positive life force kind of attitude to things. Thank you. Yeah, I think the staying active has been important as well in um, feeling like I'm getting better or I'm repairing yeah. or that I'm still, you know, the fact that I can still, even if it's a little, it's not what I used to do, but, you know, I'm getting a lot stronger all the time and that's mm. a real, that's really helpful in terms of, you know, um, recovery, I think. Mm. I, I I know that you've just completed some chemo. Is is it okay to ask like how how did it go? Okay. How are you feeling now? Yeah. Um, I feel pretty good. I've been really lucky in that I haven't yet experienced um cancer related fatigue, which mm. is probably one of the biggest long term side effects of chemo. Um, and I don't have scientific evidence of this, but I really believe that one of the reasons I managed to escape it was because I did stay so active. Mm. Um, and because there's there's different elements of, um, you know, you've got movement, you've got um, activity, you've got exercise and move, it, all those things are great, but exercise is quite different because there's a lot more structure to it. Um, mm. You know, it is about having a structured program with aims um, to, to reach. And I think that element for me um, has helped 
battle that fatigue. But I, I could be wrong. And in, in saying that, I don't want to say that and then know that there are people out there struggling with fatigue who tried really hard to stay exercising. Sure. So mm. we're, we're all very different. Um, so that I'm really lucky with that. What I have suffered from is uh, neuropathy, which mm. is um, the nerve damage to your and I've, in my hands and feet, basically, which does make running a little bit challenging because I can't really feel the bottom of my feet. Like the way I mm. explain it is like, Imagine you're running on a, a bit of um, polystyrene. You just had like a slab of polystyrene under trapped to both your feet and then you had to sort of run on top of that. So you can feel it, but you feel like there's a distance between you and the ground. So it does make it a bit scary in terms of undulating mm-hmm. surfaces. and um, yeah. but, but you can get into a rhythm and sort of bypass it. But if I was to go from walking to running, so where I struggle is if I'm walking into town and then have to run across the street because I haven't timed it right with the cars, that's mm-hmm. when I will feel like, oh, the, floor, the floor's about to go from underneath me um oh god just that must be unsettling wow yeah and also just have to remember it's like actually i don't have i probably shouldn't run across the road in front of a car <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah those crazy things tip yeah is that, is that something that's that's hopefully going to recede as you get as you get better Hopefully. Um, mm. I think when I first saw my oncologist, he said it was something like 5% of people experience permanent damage. Um, a lot of the people I've met in the in cancer land um, are still experiencing it sort of two years later. That doesn't mean it will never go away, but it does seem to be, you know, 18 months to two years seems to be a pretty mm. normal time period to still be experiencing. Mm. Just to experience yeah. it. Yeah, uh, the hand bit is quite weird. They get my hands get quite sore, and um, if I have to like reach up, if I have to reach out, I can't do anything with my hands. Once I've reached out with them, I lose all dexterity, which is a really strange feeling. Oh wow! Um, but wow, I didn't. I never, I never heard of that. That's yeah. a, that's that sounds quite challenging. Mm. Yeah. Fun and fun and games. A little bit like yeah. electric shocks. Like like right now, if I'm doing, I'm, I'm pumping my hands outstretched, and I can feel like yeah. little electric shocks going through my fingers. Oh, it's oh, very oh. not not unpleasant, just weird. Just <laughs> yeah, weird. just weird and yeah. makes the function quite impaired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm always wow. dropping the shower head on my head because Steve puts it up too oh. high, and I can't reach it, and then I have to oh, reach serious. up and I can't use it, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh wow, that's really oh. interesting. Thank yeah. you. Wow. So, um, just on to the next question, I guess, who would you say are three people who've been most influential to you? I have chosen um, three uh, strong and determined women from my life. So, my mum and my grandmas. And I think Mm -hmm. uh, when I first met you, Enid, I told a story about my grandmas at True Stories. Um, So, they've been... A big part of my life. Um, so my dad's mum is Wizzy and she is a very determined lady. What well, she's no longer with us. Um, and she nursed her husband through bowel cancer um, for many years and was left a widow of four sons. And I think they would have at that stage been aged between sort of 12 and 17. Mm. Um, and then from that point took over successfully her family's um, sheep farm and took on this really oh, wow. 
yeah so it, it was a real man's world then yes um, and she had such grit and determination um you know she really she didn't back down and and she she was pretty successful in the farming and breeding world um and then at 83 she trekked across the australian alps on horseback um so you know camping out overnight riding wow. all day so you know that sort of determination um went through her whole life and mm. she yeah she was definitely a big I actually did a speech about her I remember in year six for a public speaking competition about my hero and I, I chose Aww. Wizzy um and I think you know I don't think she had the easiest of times um but she you know she never let it get her down well she probably did let it get her down I was I was a kid I, I didn't know but she always she achieved a lot of things despite the odds yeah yeah she sounds Absolutely. really tenacious amazing definitely oh. yeah tenacious I think is a very good word for my yeah. for my grandma um, yeah. <laughs> and then on a completely different sort of spin is my other grandma my mum's mum who um uh it's a less triumphant story but just as you know she had just as much terminations determination so um although she was quite a difficult woman and to be fair probably Wizzy was a bit difficult <laughs> maybe that was part of what made them strong um but she had this amazing ability to show empathy maybe not always to her family but to to the other people in the world so she mm. taught me a lot about empathy and um and thinking about other people um and i think it's more even more interesting because she had a pretty rough life. Um, so she wasn't very, she was um, forced to leave school at 14 to care for her mother. Um, so she didn't have, you know, she wasn't seen as the intelligent daughter or the mm. beautiful daughter. So she's like, well, you'll be the one that can stay home and look after your ailing mother. Um, so she lost that chance to have an education. And she's oh, such gosh. a bright woman. And I think it's really unfair that she had that taken away from her because she could have done so much. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I was a kid and, and from many years before that, she lived in this high-rise council flat in Redfern, which is a city, a suburb of Sydney, which at the time was pretty notorious for, um, you know, very high levels of deprivation, violence, drug and alcohol abuse, very high racial tensions. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware that Australia has a pretty horrendous human rights records. Um, and it's, you know, really continually failed and abused the First Nations people. And Redfern had a very um, big First Nations community, which my gran lived within. Um, and it was a very, very racist time. Um, I mean, even me as a kid, I remember people feeling perfectly okay to vouse, uh, voice some pretty racist and outrageous um, opinions. And that was kind of the norm. It was not the norm to stand up to those sorts of statements. Um, wow. And it was definitely, you know, mirrored in the media and lots of things like that. So my gran, having had this pretty sad upbringing, very, very sad marriage. Um, her husband was an alcoholic. He shot himself. Um, she had no money. Mm -hmm. She had wow. three kids. Um, and I think all those things, she had very high standards and very, you know, um, but so that made her quite closed off and very difficult. But despite all those horrible, you know, things that had happened to her, she was still able to 
show so much compassion to the people that she shared her community with. And I think that was quite a striking thing for that someone of her generation and also Mm -hmm. someone who'd had such a difficult life herself because I think sometimes when your life isn't very nice, it's very hard to show empathy to other people. Um, And she managed to do it and she managed to, to teach us that, you know, the, the, the status quo that was being bandied about wasn't okay. Um, and uh, she changed, you know, h- helped us to see everybody as people first and foremost. And I wow. think that was a pretty amazing feat for someone um, of her sort of upbringing and, and the challenges yeah. that she'd had to, to overcome. To overcome, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. God, I was getting <laughs> bumpy when you were telling yes. me about that. Yeah. Yeah, you come, you, we, we now see you've come from a long line of inspirational women too. <laughs> so, ah, yes. ah, yes. ah that, 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 that tells us a lot, that doesn't does it? Tell us <laughs> it explains a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. So, Susie, you've you've already shared with us, and, and we know that you're you have um, received a diagnosis of stage three bowel cancer. When was that? When was that, Sue? Two, uh, sep- sep- no, last year, September twenty eighth. Twenty nineteen, wow. so nearly coming up to my one year yes. anniversary. <laughs> wow. mm. yeah. um, what What was the hardest part about receiving that diagnosis? Is I think realizing that I wasn't invincible, um, mm. and that I really couldn't trust my body anymore. Because um, it, it two things it kind of happened to me twice this sort of loss of faith in my body so in 2011 I had a series of pulmonary embolisms um that were very diagnosed very late I was sent home um three times from A&E after arriving in a hospital um because I didn't fit the risk factors you know pulmonary embolisms are not not linked to you know people at that stage I can't remember how old I was in 2011 I guess I was just 30 maybe um I'm not I'm not going to try and do maths quickly (laughs) um so and I was still I was quite fit um and I was so fit that my ECG readings were coming back normal because you know I I was I was quite active so I didn't fit the risk factors to 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 make my diagnosis easy um Mm -hmm. so I felt like my body let me out down then and then yet again sort of 10 years later or less than 10 years later um I had the same thing happen again. I was fit. I was running 30 or 40 miles a week. I was very healthy. I ate really well. I definitely got my five a day. I didn't smoke. Um, despite all this, I was diagnosed with advanced bowel cancer. And I think that the irony is that it was almost uh, for the second time my healthy lifestyle that led to the delay in diagnosis Um because I was fit, because mm. I was healthy, because I was young, I didn't fit the risk factors. So the diagnosis wasn't made. You know, the the, the dots weren't connected mm. um, early enough. So it's very hard, I think, sometimes to trust your body because you sort of feel like, well, you've let me down and I've tried really hard to be good to you. Um, yes, I can yeah. understand. <laughs> you've done like all the right things, yes. uh, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah there and is part this. of this. Yeah, so there's part of you that goes, well, that's it. I'm going to start smoking. I'm going to not worry yeah. about how much I drink. Yeah. Sod <laughs> it. I might as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I can really Cake understand. For yes, yeah. as many carbs mm. as I can possibly fit in. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, is that something that you that you're is 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 a big part of your blog and your campaign that you're trying to emphasise to people that 
that they need to be more mindful about their bodies and about their poo. Yes. And um, be- well, you you say it better than I do. Talk us through that. Well, I think poo is taboo, isn't it? Um, yeah. We, we, we yeah. don't talk about poo. And even you notice it in little kids, about two or three, or, you know, when they're around time to potty train, they realise they should be embarrassed about poo. They take themselves off into a quiet corner to have a poo. Um, mm. My niece, you know, she's little niece. I remember her doing that. But I also remember having an accident and she was so mortified and she was, mm. you know, like just speaking and she's like, I'm sorry, mummy. I'm sorry, mummy. And it's just so unfair because it's like, it's okay. Mm. It happens. <laughs> um, yeah, <literally. laughs> yes, we I love that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think if we, if we drop the taboo and we accepted that everybody poos, everybody farts, it's just how our body works. And we talked mm. about yes. it more because bowel cancer is now, I think the third killer in this country. Um, and raise and rising and more and more people under 50 are being diagnosed with bowel cancer. So we need to get over it and we need to talk about it and we need to work out what is and isn't normal because I think mm. a lot of people put up with um, an uncomfortable life because yes. you don't yeah. talk about it and if you go to the doctor, you get an IBS diagnosis, which is very yeah. vague, you know. Mm. Um, is that what we, what was your... Is that literally what happened to you, Suze? They kept saying, oh, it's a bit of tummy trouble, you've got IBS. Yes. And that repeatedly happened. Yeah, exactly. And mm. I was also very anemic, but it took, they didn't link the anemia and the IBS so, symptoms yeah. um, because I just wasn't in, the, I wasn't in the category to be looking out for, to have been looked out for. Um, mm. So it just didn't sort of flag up. And then no. presumably you became, you had some became much more unwell, you are in more pain, and then eventually. Yeah, I got to the stage where my life was pretty much ruled by my digestive system. You know, Mm. I I couldn't eat anything without pain. I was going to the toilet 12, 15 times a day. Um, I was taking iron tablets and Imodium to be able to run. Um, Mm. I had to stop going to my running club because I was too embarrassed because I had to – run off in search of toilets so often. Um, so it did, mm. it did escalate to a point mm. where it was sort of unbearable. Um, mm. But I was also resigned to the fact that this was going to be my life. I just had to learn out, learn a way to manage it and to right. put up with it. Um, yeah. So, so, so you would advise other people if you're, if you're experiencing symptoms like that, and I know that you've put some things on your page and on your on your blog as well you know if they're if they're experiencing things like that to be persistent in trying to get help yeah Yeah. i mean and just ask for a fecal test Mm. because i think that was the one if they just sent me for a fecal test earlier Mm. that would have been enough to flag because if that came back positive if that would flag then you're automatically meet the criteria to get sent for a colonoscopy and a fecal test costs nothing compared to major surgery and six months of chemo or or worse you know yeah 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 and the problem with people under 50 we we're getting diagnosed too late so by the time we get diagnosed the cancer is already quite advanced Mm. Mm. in 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 most cases um and if it's early you can catch it and you can have have it out at colonoscopy level you know Mm. and that that instance and then that would save a lot of heartache and and yes. money <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah thank you Suze. yeah it's, it's so helpful to hear about that for us and for everybody listening i'm listening, sure yeah absolutely mm. 
Absolutely. Um, kind of running into my next question, um, and it's kind of based on the fact that as we as we go through life, dependent on our circumstances, we all tend to learn from our failings and and as well as you know all the positive things in life. And I I almost hate to ask you this question because you are really so inspirational. Just sitting here, just listening to you is just you know I, I, know. I really I, I I honestly I feel like oh man I need to get out and run. We need to do more, Enid. I'm not ju- I'm not I'm not just from the the person chasing me down the road. I mean literally. Or for the next tube of Smarties. Or for the next tube of Smarties. You know. Whatever motivates um, you. <laughs> Smarties do. So, yeah. um, so I mean, but you know, following following the the fact that I truly believe that 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 we learn from you know the positive things in our life as well as the negative things in our life. Um, what would you say was perhaps your your biggest failure and or, or something that you or something like that that you've learned from? What what did you learn from that? So. I think it's quite funny because I listened to your last podcast with um, Faye and her yes. answer to this question is ridiculously similar to the answer that oh, I was thinking fabulous. of giving. So I was out walking my dog listening to it and I think I laughed out loud because I thought, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hopefully it's not too similar. Um, but my, I think my regret is that too often in my adult life I've sat back and let things happen to me or let circumstances Mm. control the trajectory of my life rather than follow my passions and dreams. And I think what's sad about that is when I look back at being a teenager and, you know, in my very early 20s, I wasn't like this. You know, I took these risks. I put myself out there all the time. I took on challenges. I mean, I moved across the world, for goodness Mm. sake. Um, (laughs) And then somehow that disappeared and I, uh, I'm, I regret that because mm. I think what happened is that then I followed a career path by default and need because I, I needed to get a job, I needed to earn some money mm. rather than desire and passion. And I think from then on you were living you were living from it was about living for your paycheck or well not living that doesn't make that's not what I mean, but you're then sort of trapped in yes. a situation yeah. Yeah. um <clears throat> that is very hard to to make a step. make steps to get out of um Mm. and I think doing something that I wasn't always so passionate about meant that I was looking for ways all the time to make it more fulfilling which maybe led to situations where I was a bit out of my depth um Mm. and then lost some confidence um and I guess having cancer teaches you very much that life is way too short and precious to coast Mm. along and to go with the flow. I mean, if you're really happy, go with the flow for sure. But if you're not actually that happy, and I I think that's where I was, but I was, I was floating along, coasting through, um, the the life that I had sort of fallen into. Um, and I don't want to ever do that again. Um, so I think what I've learned is that sometimes it's more important to step back, take a step back as well, earn less, um, take chances, um, and Mm. risks that you would have done when you were younger, put aside, you Mm -hmm. know, okay, we, there's ways around everything. Um, and don't, don't get stuck in a rut like Mm. that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. um, I'm just wondering, I know you've had enough on your plate already, Suze, but (laughs) did, um, did sort of like the pandemic lockdown, um, I know you. It weren't wasn't exactly a furlough situation, but did, did that period of time give you a little bit of um, extra contemplation time, like has for lots of other people as well? Mm. Yeah, I I secretly quite enjoyed lockdown. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, mm. it yeah. was 
I was sort of lucky. Well, no, that's not the right phrase. My chemo coincided with lockdown fairly closely. So it meant I was free from those dilemmas of bowing out of things all the time because I wasn't feeling very well because we Mm. just weren't able to see everyone. So I was able to really focus in on my recovery and my repair between each cycle because, you know, you get hit Mm -hmm. with the drugs and then you get a week to recover before you're, you know, to strengthen and get hit by them again. And I I had to be really selfish with that time and really prioritise how I wanted to spend it, which sometimes was hard because – People want to see you and they love you and care for you and mm-hmm. you don't I didn't always want to see people. I mm-hmm. kind of just wanted to stay in my little zone of repairing, recovering, getting strong, facing it again, putting mm-hmm. my head down, dealing with a side of acts, starting all over again. Um and I did really struggle with feeling guilty about not actually wanting to see people. So um the lockdown really took that element away from me. Mm-hmm. Um and it took me a, a while to feel safe to come out of it, not just because of, of the risk of infection, but because I then had to let go of some of that um, selfish me time that I had. Yes. Yeah. I was, you know, I had quite a strict routine, not strict routine, that's not right, a really nice routine, mm-hmm. with some, you know, for myself. And I, I was languishing in that nice selfish time <laughs> yeah it was weird while you were talking i was i don't know why what i do know i was getting an image of a caterpillar and i was thinking <laughs> am i getting an image of a caterpillar and i thought because i'm thinking of cocooned that's the word that's yes. coming up. Oh, yeah. and i was thinking that you were able to and a lot of us were you know mm-hmm. we we felt a bit like that didn't yes, we absolutely. That yeah, i know yeah. i was working upstairs on zoom and i was in school a bit but there was this lovely feeling that it was me and enid and ruby and we were in this little cocoon together and there and like you, we felt that there were a number of positives. Yes, yeah. To that. I mean, uh, yeah. um, you know, obviously we know it's not a great thing, but yeah, there were some really nice ways of using that time, weren't there? And it was weirdly quite special in in some yes. ways. Yeah, we don't get it very often, do we? To be no. able to insulate ourselves. No, so, no. Yeah, I can no. really understand that. Yeah, totally. So, Suze, mm-hmm. how can our listeners find you online, and how can they follow your um, progress and adventures and information, etc. So I can be found via my blog, uh, let's talk about poo.com, all one word. Um, and I'm just about today, I'm hopefully going to publish another, another post, post part 16 of my, of my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you can subscribe. So if you, if you go on there, you can subscribe and then you'll get a little email saying that I've written something else and you can read it. Um, I'm also in Instagram and my Instagram handle is also let's talk about poo. Um, so if you want to see puppies and some <laughs> exercising and some reflections on and, and, and ex- like I'm not very graceful, I'll put that out there. So I, I you know, I, I will post the odd video of me being very ungraceful doing some sort of exercise on, on screen. Trust me, you'll be impressed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, yes. but also just to prove that you don't, you know, you don't have to be Iron Woman. Um, <laughs> mm, yeah, I know um, what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah, and some reflections on on my my cancer my cancer roller coaster, mm. as I like to call it. Um, mm. Yeah, thanks, Suze. That's I think awesome. a lot of people will be logging on and and yeah. reading and and being inspired and informed by that. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely great. <laughs> so, Suze, this is one of my favourite questions, mm-hmm. um, and because it, it, all all the answers are, are, are very different, but 
if you could have a billboard <laughs> with anything on it, what would it be and why? Okay, I, I thought really hard about this one because um, <laughs> I've learned so much this year. I think I probably learned more about myself and 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 now and and us as humans um, than I maybe ever. And yes. my billboard would be just stop and listen. Mm. And my reason is that because. We as as humans and society judge people really quickly all the time when making judgments about other people. And one of my very first true stories stories was about my reaction to people's reactions to my cancer diagnosis. Mm. And I felt that too often um, – People were comparing my story to other people's stories and they were trying to fix things or trying to make me feel better. And that's not what I needed. I just needed people to allow me to feel petrified and scared. Mm. Um, and so I think it's just important that we as a as society, we, we step outside our own experiences and try a bit harder to understand where other people are coming from and mm. what's happened in their lives. Um and we too often compare our crises. You know, we're always saying, oh, well, I've had this to deal with, but they've only had that to deal with. And they're acting like this is this massive thing. But we can't compare mm. crises. You know, we all deal with our crises differently and we should just step back and go, well, that's how they're feeling about that crisis. Mm. Um, mm. I don't have to fix their crisis. I can just help them respond in a way that feels natural to them. Um, mm. And I think in this, the age of social media as well, we, we, we fall out with people almost because we react too quickly. We don't stop and listen Judgment. to what they're actually saying. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we, and I think um, because we hate to be criticized, we react offensively, even though we might actually be in the wrong or we might have maybe worded things in not the most eloquent way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's all human nature, but if we just listened more um, and stepped back before we made a response, and try to see the world from the viewpoint of other people, I think it would be a much better place to be. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. it's so funny that you've said that because we were talking about exactly that this morning mm -hmm. yeah. and we were saying that, um, just from a situation that we're kind of in, and we, and we were saying that actually um, we wanted people to do less we weren't asking them to do something. We were asking them to not do something. Mm. And then and the not do something was not to bring judgment to the situation. It was actually just to, to be heard, yeah. which would have felt validating. So we were saying, it's, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. But then but then I'm sure we've been in the same position where we've tried to offer, you know, helpful advice, which has been yes. quite annoying yes. to, to other people. But yeah. it's just such a helpful reminder. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's interesting. Thanks, Suze. Um, so thinking about your, you've, you've had a, I hate to use the word journey, but you know, you have had quite <laughs> an intense journey over the last year, which you weren't expecting. And I, and I wonder, um, what do you feel most grateful for? I feel very grateful for my childhood. Mm. I think I had a really happy childhood, a really, uh, childhood rich a really childhood a rich childhood um mm. and when i say rich i mean in terms of experiences um and 
opportunities and reading books and having really cool camping holidays you know not we didn't go Mm, overseas or anything like that but we had some really full fascinating um holidays and trips and um experiences at home um i had a really a lot of love in my childhood and i think i'm especially grateful for that because both my parents had a more challenging childhood than me um you know i I don't think my mum had a lot of love in her childhood i think my dad's childhood he obviously lost his well they both lost their fathers um at 14 Mm -hmm. um you know my dad a lot of his childhood was around my grandfather's bowel cancer with my mum you know her dad she she grew up with an alcoholic father who she remembers being you know crossing across the street because she was embarrassed if he saw her and recognized her and spoke to her in front of other people Mm. um you know my gran was was obviously not always the easiest woman and i i'm really grateful to my parents for the way that they were able to give us probably something different to what they experienced i mean i think my my dad Mm. had some really happy memories but also he had a lot of challenges there as well um Mm. And I feel really, really lucky that they were able to to do that for us because it's not always easy when no. you haven't had that same experience, yeah. to, experience. To, to draw on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So they kind of decided, or whether they decided or it just happened, not to repeat that, to do something completely different. Yeah. Did you, yeah. So where, where, where did you actually grow up, Suze? What kind of, was it like rural or you in the city or? I was in the suburbs, um, <laughs> but we did spend a lot of time on my grandma's farm. Um, nice. By that stage, it was my uncle. My uncle had taken over, but she was still a very, um, probably much to my uncle's dismay, a very much an important part driving force <laughs> in the management of the farm. Um, and my dad uh, was a biologist; is 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 a retired biologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, we spent a lot of time camping because um, he was doing field work. Mm. Um, so we, we spent a lot of time in the bush, even though we were we were basically suburban kids. Oh, that's yeah. interesting because I, I often notice that how much you you seem to love the outdoors. You always yeah. your pictures are you know you give give us a lot of good tips about great places to go in Norfolk because it's always like wow that looks so yeah. beautiful. I wonder where you are and actually where you live is quite near a lovely even though it's in the city it's near the lovely river and mm. yeah. I was I was just thinking when you were talking about um, being and, and I'm, I'm and this is the sheep farm we're talking about, isn't it? Where, mm-hmm. where the yes, that your grandmother was was running. I was just thinking that um, when I think of sheep farms, I think of of Yorkshire and you know a, a mm-hmm. small little. But we're talking about Australia here, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about small sheep farms. We're talking about pretty big sheep farms because sheep farming is a big industry over there, mm-hmm. isn't it? So I mean, when I've got a visual of sheep farms, I've got like, a few sheep in a field, but that's we're not talking about that, are we? We're talking about a rather <laughs> sizable <laughs> concern. Yeah. Concern, yeah. Yeah. Although they're not not on the not in comparison to the big sort of cattle stations you can you know there, oh, there yes. are some farms in Australia with mostly yes. I think it's mostly cattle where they actually have to use helicopters to, um, to manage their stock wow. so we we weren't on That's they weren't gosh. on that my my family wasn't on that scale <laughs> but it was it was a big enough farm to be split into four and for each each daughter to inherit a section of the farm wow um and and what's amazing yeah and it's quite i think they've managed to keep at least 
two of those sections in the family or um oh, my yeah my cousin Kate and her partner have taken over part of the farm which I think must be a nice nice thing for my uncle because it must be you know mm. you can't sort of sh- shove your children in any direction can you but it mm. must be n- mm. it's 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 nice as an outsider to know it's staying in the family even the family, though yeah, we, we, I, I'm even though I've not taken any responsibility for that <laughs> <laughs> that is very interesting is though isn't amazing, it wow though, yeah absolutely um so it kind of leads us into our our final question which talks about um the lessons you've learned in your life and and but mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to add to that as well because this is this is your story and this mm-hmm. is your conversation and uh, you know i i would love you to just uh, you know end our end our program by just uh, talking perhaps about the lessons you've learned but anything else that you think would be beneficial to any of our listeners listening out there looking for help or or looking for some words of inspiration. So I'm just going to leave the floor open No to pressure. You. No pressure at all. <laughs> no pressure, Suze. Um, but, you know, just... just do but, your you thing. Know, d- just do your thing and just... just yeah. Um, so th- I've learned a lot of lessons um, in life and there's lots of different, I guess, avenues I could take this question. Um, I think... The one I'm going to go with was sort of triggered by something you guys shared, I think, on your Instagram, which was about you're not always going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's especially important for me at the moment because I'm, I'm a friend of mine's having a really difficult time with um, maybe a sort of toxic friendship. Um, mm. And and it's it's that sort of um, idea is, is, has come to me again and – and I'll, I'll link it back to cancer eventually as well because everything can link back to cancer now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, and I think it's that idea that what I have learnt is that you you definitely can't make people like you and it is okay mm. that you're not everyone's cup of tea. Mm. Um, but I did struggle with this for many, many years and it led to some periods where I had very low self-esteem and mm. le- le- low self-worth and I think that also made me a target for bullies um a few times so trying to please someone who will never be never be pleased by you makes you Mm. incredibly vulnerable um to this kind of experience um because Mm. there are sadly people out there who will take some sort of pleasure in knowing that you're trying to please them and knowing that well they might not even know that they're doing it but 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 whatever you do will never be good enough um yeah. because they've they because they've decided that you're they don't like you for some reason and i struggled with this really quite a lot and i was talking to my friend about it just this morning because i said that's the, my biggest thing that i've learned is to 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 step back and go actually it doesn't matter i'm not mm. going to make you like me um i can't make you likely it's it's possibly not even my fault but i used yeah. to really care i used to really struggle i couldn't bear it if I thought somebody thought ill of me or had misinterpreted mm, something that yeah. I said or my intentions or one of my actions and I'd try and fix it and then I'd inherently make it worse and then I'd come across as being quite vulnerable and and therefore an, an easy target um mm. and and it led to maybe this this feeling sometimes that I wasn't very likable um you know let alone that someone could could love mm. me mm. but cancer made me realize that I was really loved um, because everybody rallied around me um, and it made me see how many amazing friends I have. And I've moved 
around a lot in my life. Um, you know, uh, on different metaphors as well as f- physical planes. Mm, mm-hmm. But I changed schools. Um, I went away to university in another city, um, which isn't so easy in Australia because Australia is quite big. Quite big. <laughs> mm. um, and you, we don't have the same sort of s- culture of going away to study and coming home for the holidays. That mm-hmm. that doesn't. If you go away to study in Australia, you generally stay stay there it's not that gosh wow so so here a lot of people go away and come back and maintain their friendship groups because everyone Mm. comes back for the holidays where that's Mm -hmm. not the same um and then i moved to the other side of the world so i don't have those long-term decades old friendship groups that lots of people have um you know, people that they've grown up with or went to school with. Um, I mean, I'm, I am in touch with people from all the different stages of my life. But when you're then surrounded by people who do have those really long-term friendship groups, and although you're invited to be part of them, it's always – it's easy to sometimes feel like an outsider still. Um mm. And so cancer has taught me that even though I had all those feelings, which probably, you know, fed into my, my you know, low self-esteem at times, even though it's, you know, that fact and fiction, it's probably not true. It's just what's going on in my head. But mm. uh, your head is a very powerful place, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. But, but cancer really made me see how loved that I was um, mm. and that I was important to these pe- to, to people even though I may not be a big fixture in their everyday lives or even mm. though I may not have been a picture of their pick you know part of their lives for decades and decades that I was mm, still yeah. loved um and so that makes you really think actually there is no time to worry about people who Mm-mm. you're who, who who you're not their cup of tea and vice mm. versa they're probably not yours either mm. um mm. so you know stick with your flavors <laughs> That's a really oh. good, that's, that's lovely. I'm going to use Love that. that. It's so important, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, that, was a, that was a a, um, a groundbreaking thing for me as well, Susan. I came to that conclusion during counselling training. Somebody once said to me, oh, I think I don't know if they used the word people pleaser, but it was mm-hmm. along those lines. And, um, and I thought, I was initially defensive around that. And then I thought, yeah, I'm like the original people pleaser. <laughs> and then I noticed people interacting in ways that were, um, they would disagree with each other. They would not particularly, and and they weren't that bothered. And I was like, oh my God, that, it, but it opened my mind up to that being a possibility, to it not being the end of the world. If somebody didn't like me or didn't agree with me, that I didn't have to appease them. That's huge, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So freeing. It is like, freeing. Yeah. And like you say, leaves you with energy and space for the people that do want to engage with. And also, as you say, sometimes it's nothing to really do with you. Sometimes we bring things out in people that they can't explain and vice versa. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. That was really inspiring to hear you say that. And it's been incredible to talk to you, Suze. It's been so moving and Absolutely. so fascinating and yes. above all inspiring. And I hope everybody's going to go and check out your. I always say check you out, and it sounds yeah. really weird. <laughs> That's a bit, yeah. Hey, hey. Check out, yeah, check out Sue. Check She's out very, Sue's. very cute. <laughs> She's very cute. She yeah, so I sometimes wear out. very short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's only that's only because it's very hot. But it won't be so yeah. hot anymore. So you've missed out, guys. Of course yeah. it is, Sue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People. <laughs> so check out Susan check and shorts. Out Suze, yeah. On, on <laughs> let's talk about poo on Instagram and on her blog. Susan, it's been 
wonderful to speak to you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you for Suze. Me. And uh, hopefully we'll get the chance to to talk, to speak again. It's been very, very inspiring. And mm. thank you for your And we're thinking of you and we're hour. with you on your onward journey. With your journey. And everything absolutely. crossed. Thank you very much. Thank you, Suze.